He's got a mic, and he's in a mood. Buckle up, Buttercup. You're listening to The Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. It's The Ron Van Dam Show. Sit down, please. Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing. We're, we're, we're just starting the show. Hello. Hello, we're going to start the show. Please take your seats. Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. How you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. I don't know how to thank you, so I probably won't. But thanks anyway. This is nice. Would you uh, care for a, a glass of wine? Would you like a glass of wine? You would? Okay. There's a bar down the street. Uh, and when you come back, uh, you know, we'll talk. But anyway, go enjoy it. Bye. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. Thank you so much for being here. If there were a police lineup, I'd be the one all the way on the left. Just so you know, so we can get that part straight. How are you? This is Friday, I do believe. I'm not sure. I don't keep a calendar nearby. You know, I don't wear a watch. (gasps) How do you know what time it is? I don't. I don't. My life is like a casino. I have no idea what time it is. I have no idea what day it is. There are no calendars here. Nope. Nope. No calendars, no clocks. That's the way I run my casino. (laughs) I'm one of the few people in the entire world. I think that's the end of the sentence, actually. I'm one of the few people in the entire world that doesn't gamble. I don't. I don't gamble. I've been to a casino like two or three times, but I was just looking for the buffet room. I don't gamble. And when I see people gambling their hard-earned money away, I um, I just stand there and gawk. I go, whoa, look at that. Look at that personality trait. That's all I do. Uh, have I ever bought a scratch ticket? Mm, yes. Why would I do something like that? I was drunk. Okay, I admit it. Do I ever play the lottery when uh, the winning prize is uh, like uh, $20 million or a billion dollars? Yeah, I've done that a couple of times in my life. Why did I do that? I was drunk. It's, I am. For the second time, I got drunk. Actually, I've never really been drunk in my life to the point where I couldn't walk or, or fell down or anything. That's never happened to me. Because I never let it go that far. That's the kind of protected asshole that I am. So do I gamble? No. No, I don't. I don't. I don't gamble my money away. I might as well just open up the window and throw cash out. 
because that's what gambling is to me. And if you ever win any money gambling, then you've just kind of made up for all the money you've thrown out the window already on the same subject matter. So no, I do not. I live in the state of Massachusetts. I live in the state of constant denial. Massachusetts uh, has one of the biggest lottery uh, conglomerate uh, uh, stupid things uh, in the entire country. Probably second only to Nevada. I really don't know. They've just come out with a, with a, I think it's a scratch ticket or I don't know if it's a scratch ticket or just a, a lottery ticket that you buy. I think it's a scratch ticket. And it's $50. And you can win millions of dollars. But the ticket itself is $50. And the state of Massachusetts is very excited about this and actually promoting the fact that there's a $50 uh, scratch ticket. Uh, they promote this actually on, uh, on television through commercials in order to get their residents to financially fail. As they're doing the commercial for the $50 scratch ticket, and I, again, I believe it's a scratch ticket. I, I, I don't know if it's a scratch ticket or just you're just playing a state lot. I, I really don't know what it is. I don't, because I don't care. Pretty much because I don't care. But the fact is, it's 50 bucks to get this thing. Uh, at the bottom of the, as they're, as they're excited about it, they go, oh, $50, and you can win millions and billions of dollars. At the bottom of the screen, it says, if you have a gambling problem, please call this number and uh, contact. Uh, gambling is a horrible addiction. And at the same time, they're promoting it. <laughs> They're promoting this highfalutin, spend all your hard-earned money gambling, and then at the bottom of the screen, if you have a gambling problem, <laughs> well, you obviously do. <laughs> 50 bucks, are you kidding me? I'm embarrassed. I'm just embarrassed. And, you know, yeah, it's a country that we live in, and you can do whatever the hell you want. You can destroy yourself anytime you want. Enjoy your freedom. You mean I'm free to financially uh, uh, destroy myself? Yes, you're free to do it. Go do it. Come on, come on. But if you're going to do it, look at this number on the bottom of the screen and call the number because you've got a problem. But do it anyway. I don't know. I, do, I don't get it. You would figure it would just be something you wouldn't advertise. You kind of just hush, hush it. You know, did you know that there's a way that you can possibly win millions of dollars with a $50 uh, ticket? Shh, don't tell anybody because it's embarrassing because it's obviously very stupid. It's for either very rich people where $50 is like nothing or desperate people who uh, are, this is their last hope to even buy a can of beans. One or the other, there's nothing in between. Yes, it's a free country to be as stupid as you want. Go do it. <sighs> but if you have a gambling problem, <laughs> I find it humorous. I don't, that stuff to me is... Humorous and pathetic are very closely matched. They're sisters or brothers. I don't want to be sexist. They're, you know, uh, you know what I mean. Uh, yesterday, I spent $100, not on a scratch ticket. No, 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 no. Yesterday, I spent $100 to, uh, 
to have Comcast come into my home to replace my equipment, to upgrade it. They, uh, they want me to upgrade because I can get faster internet speed if I upgrade my modem. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I spent $100 for them to do it for me. Or $250 scratch tickets. Uh, do I throw my money out the window? Apparently I do too. There should be a commercial for Comcast, and on the bottom of the screen it says, if you're a Comcast customer, seek mental health help as soon as possible. It should say that, but it doesn't. <laughs> so Comcast, as soon as the Comcast uh, installer came to my front door, I said to him, I don't know what to call you. He says, oh, call me Bob. I said, no, I don't know what to call you. Are you Comcast or are you Xfinity? What the hell are you? You've got so many names floating around. I don't even know how to refer to you anymore. So he comes in, a very nice guy. You know, I have to keep in mind that these are nice people just wanting to have a job to feed their families. They don't own the company. They're not responsible. I felt like cursing the guy out when he came in the front door. Oh, you're with Comcast, huh? You thieving, raping financial bitches. I, 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 but you can't do that. The guy just works for them. He's, he, he's just feeding his family so it comes in the door nice guy very very nice guy we struck up a conversation we're going out for pizza thursday nice guy and uh he does the job and he does it very well and he, he insists on testing out all the equipment and all the tvs and all my computers in the house and i appreciated that and i said to him i appreciate you comcast xfinity whatever you are and then, of course, I'm saying to myself through the whole thing, you better damn lick my ass because I pay enough money for you to... Right, never mind. Uh, and, I, and then I, I you know, then I, I had... That, you know, Comcast, big, 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 big company. They actually own NBC Universal and, and the, 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 the whole movie distribution thing. And they own more companies than, than I have uh, hair follicles on my head. But I came up, if Comcast, if you're listening, and I know somebody from Comcast probably is, or Xfinity, I don't know who you are. You, you missed the, the, best, the best advertising scheme ever, and it took me to come up with it. I'm going to tell you what it is, Comcast, if you're listening. Stop with your stupid Xfinity stuff, making up words. And branding the words that you just made up. There's no such thing as an X. There's an infinity. There's no Xfinity. You made it up. Oh, very funny and very cute. But here's what you missed. It's Comcast. It's Comcastic. Now, you might say, Ron, that sounds familiar. No, they never use that. It's just so obvious. They sent me a survey online the next day asking me if I was happy with their ins installation and all that stuff. And uh, I didn't respond to it because I was happy with the installation, but I'm not happy with Comcast. But I'm thinking, um, you know, if they had a little thing at the bottom there in the survey saying, was it one, was it horrible or was it Comcastic? I would have said Comcastic because that is so, so original. Comcastic, use it, man. Make that a part of our of our American uh, vocabulary. How are you feeling today, Bob? 
I'm feeling Comcastic. That could catch on. That could. What's uh? What's the best cable company? Uh, is it uh, Verizon for uh for that, or is it AT and T? What's the best one? Uh, I know, but one of them is Comcastic. Oh man! All right, let's move on. I think their service is pretty good. I don't. Um, they're no better than any of the other services when it comes to customer service. You may think you're great. You may think your customer service is Comcastic, but it sucks. I want a company. I don't care who they are, if it's a cable company, a phone company, uh, uh, I don't care. When I dial a number, I want someone to pick up the phone and say, hello, I want that. I am so sick of talking to robots. This AI shit has really bothered me. I feel so stupid answering questions from a robot. That's, I'm a human being. I should not be talking to a robot on the phone and answering questions. And they're all multiple choice questions. Welcome to Comcast. Please tell me why you're calling. Is it A, because of television, B, because of internet, C, because you don't like us much, D, because you want to cancel, E, because... And I I yell into the phone, get me a human, let me speak to somebody... I can't direct you to a person until I know the reason that you're calling, you big douche. I, it's unbel- It's terrible. I am not going to have an argument with a robot on the phone. Get me some people. Every time I hear a, a robotic uh, uh, a company customer service thing happening, my immediate impression of the company is you fired people to make more money for yourself, you top executives of whatever company I'm speaking to. You want business? Hire some people, some human beings. And also, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being demeaning here, I'm really not. Customer service means that you're serving the customer who usually might have either a question to buy something or they are frantically going crazy because whatever product you're providing isn't working. That's why people usually call. The least you could do is serve them with a human being. This is the United States of America. They have to speak English a little bit, enough to carry on a decent conversation so that the person calling doesn't constantly say, could you repeat that? I didn't understand what you said. (sighs) I know we're a melting pot, and I'm glad about that, but for customer service purposes, they really should hire more people that are a little, have a little bit more command of the English language. I'm not, no, I'm not, don't say that. I am not. I, I love cultures of all kinds but not when I'm having a frantic problem. 
It's like you, 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 you're dialing 911 because your house is on fire or something like that. And, 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 uh, what is, what is your problem? My house is on fire. Your, your house is on tires? No, not my hose is on tires. My house is on fire. Who's the date? What? Who's the date? Who's the date? What? what I don't understand. Who's the date? Ah, oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, goodbye. That's an exaggeration. That was overdramatic. But I'm making my point here. There are certain jobs that really you need a real, a real English-speaking person. Maybe even British. I mean, you know, I don't know. Hello, this is uh, Spencer. How can I help you? That would work. That's fine. But you got to have a like strong command of the English language. You have to be able to relate in order to solve problems. And that's what customer service is. Can we please, companies, are you listening to me? Can you please, and stop with the freaking robots. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you use robots, for me, it's enough of a reason to get out of your company. If you're older than 40 years old, you're not putting up with this shit anymore. And every time I call a company, I say, let me speak to a human. Get me an agent. Speak to a representative. I say that like 10 times. And I'm arguing with a robot. Oh, there's nothing more demeaning than that, unless you're married. But other than that, there's nothing more demeaning than that. Arguing with an artificial intelligence voice system. You think you think arguing with a human being is difficult? Try try an artificial intelligence voice system. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Unbelievable. It's just awful. It's just awful. It's just awful. What does this world come to? Just get me a human being. Just please, human beings, get them jobs, pay them well. You'll find that your customers will stay with you forever if you just get a human being to help them out on the phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're expecting a larger than usual call volume. Well, if that's what I if that's the message that I get every time I call your company, it's not that you're temporarily experiencing a high call volume. You you've always got a high volume. <laughs> get just get more people. If you go to our website, we can help you there. Now, I want to speak to somebody because I need to get this off my chest. I'm not going to be sufficiently calmed down by a website. It takes a person with a psychology degree to deal with the problem that I have right now. Because the problem is, A, my television isn't working, but B, my problem is, I'm pissed off. That's the big problem. You get somebody on the phone, a human being, to calm me down and to assure me that things have been taken care of. I ended that sentence with a preposition, and I apologize for that. My guest joins us momentarily. 
But uh, first, uh, this uh, very short but wonderfully divisive commercial. Hungry? Looking to try somewhere new for dinner tonight? Come to that bar near your house with a new chef out on work release, ready to tempt your taste buds with delicious specials. Start off with deep fried meat and cheese things, crispy on the outside and nearly warm on the inside with a house-made dipping sauce that's almost certainly just mayonnaise and ketchup. How about a pepperoni pizza served hot and fresh out of the supermarket? Or the big quarter pound hamburger cooked just the way you like it, as long as the way you like it is well done or inedibly raw. Order a local craft beer from a wide selection that includes IPAs, IPAs, and of course, IPAs. And when you're ready for dessert, the bartender can point you to some place that actually does that kind of thing. Ready for dinner? Head to that bar near your house. Not too far to drive, just a little too far to walk. We'll see you there. Morning, Ron. How you doing, Jim? Well, I'm doing great, but I've been drinking for the last hour. Yeah, uh, I know. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. I have as well, and I don't even work for your company. So there you go. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. I'm God kidding. bless you. Okay, I know. I know. Uh, Jim Cook joins us now. We're kidding, of course. Uh, Jim is, uh, he's the founder and brewer of uh, Samuel Adams. Uh, we've talked uh, to uh, these people before, and it's always fascinating because uh, they have just uh, exploded the, the, the beer industry. Uh, how did you do that, Jim? Huh. Well, I, uh, I just started Sam Adams in my kitchen in 1984. Yeah. Uh, and the whole company was me. We were the smallest brewery in America. Uh, Boston wasn't known for great beer. Uh, and I guess the way I did it is, you know, I took my great great grandfather's recipe. I'm a sixth generation brewer, mm-hmm. uh, and I I had this dream that maybe I could change the beer landscape here in the United States. Because when I started, American beer was like the laughing stock of the world, mm-hmm. and, and even American beer drinkers, if they wanted a good beer, they went and drank an import. You know, it was a Heineken or a Corona or a Moosehead or a St. Pauli Girl or a Bex because they thought that a great beer had to come from somewhere else, not America. And quite simply, I made great beer here in the United States, rich, flavorful beer with traditional ingredients, and I gave it to people fresh, and I went from bar to bar, in Boston, I had like two of those blue cold packs in my briefcase, and I could get seven bottles of Sam Adams Boston Lager. And I went from bar to bar, asked people to taste my beer, and you know, uh, it started getting a little traction. And then we got picked as the best beer in America, uh, which was kind of cool. And we went went on to uh, be picked as best beer in America for four years running, and that. And then it took off because people discovered that you could get uh, really great beer, and it, it was uh, a revelation to people. And the rest yeah. is kind of history today. American brewers are the envy of the world and no longer the laughing stock. It's, it's interesting because um, back then, when we were kids, 
the, the beer was all uh, manu- it was manufacturing plant beer, as far as I was concerned. It was big name uh, bottled stuff that came out of a factory, and it tasted like that. And that, yep. but that's all we knew. Then you came along and you kind of started the uh, the craft beer revolution. Uh, and, and, and then other people got into it, but you found a sweet spot. You found a spot between consistency in, in, in production and still being unique in, in, in taste. And, uh, you found the sweet spot right in between it's, it's kind of remarkable. Well, it's less remarkable. Um, if you understand that actually, you know, as Sam Adams grew, the beer got better because, um, you know, when I was making the, the really micro batches in the beginning, you know, I didn't have access to like the very best hops, uh-huh. yeah. for example. Yeah. And today we're now the largest buyer of these heirloom Bavarian hops called Hollertau Middle Fruit. They're kind of uh, the heirloom hop of the German lager brewing tradition. Mm-hmm. And today, you know, when I go to Bavaria to pick up, we pick first. We get the first, you know, uh, slice of the crop. We can get the, the cream of it. And the same thing was true with the other main ingredient, the malt. You know, today we have our own custom Sam Adams malt that is designed around making the perfect Boston lager. So as Sam Adams grew, I was very focused on using that growth to improve mm-hmm. the quality of the beer, to get better ingredients and, and give people a better Sam Adams Boston lager. And that's really where we are today. Uh, the remastering of uh, Sam Adams Boston lager is part of that kind of endless pursuit of perfection that has been at the core of Samuel Adams. I, yeah. I know there's a perfect Sam Adams Boston lager. I just haven't made it yet. Oh, oh, always, always never satisfied, huh? Well, exactly. <laughs> or said never and, satisfied you know, enough. You got to remember, yeah. uh, I've been drinking this beer pretty much every day of my life mm-hmm. for 38 years. I still taste a sample of every batch of Sam Adams Boston lager. Uh. I mean, I'm, I'm on my second liver, but it's a small <laughs> price to pay. <laughs> well, I hope you make your third. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, it's just amazing to me how you can have such a hometown kind of uh, uh, theory in a in a large production situation because you went from, as you say, like a garage band uh, into a worldwide touring company. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's rough and, and, and still to maintain the hometown feel, but yet be all over the place, uh, and, uh, with, with incredibly high volume. That's very, very hard to master. You know, it's not really that well, hard. All you have to do <laughs> is not change. You know, I mean, I'm the same guy I was when I was making a beer in my kitchen. I have yeah. the same passion for beer and the same pride in the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's beer. I What a great life I have. <laughs> I get to make beer. I make people happy. You know, uh, yeah. I, I you know, enable them to dance well. It's a great <laughs> thing. All right. Well, I don't know about the dance well. Well, to 
to one's own eye to make them dance well is what you're saying. Uh, okay, okay, all right, I think okay. You're right. Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I am. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. Now, um, obviously, where can we find you? Uh, duh. Where can you find me? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, right not person, not personally. No, <laughs> I don't want to stalk oh, you. Well, like, you mean uh, on the internet. I mean, yes, I that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the orange. Uh, so, uh, and if you want to find us on the web, you can go to samueladams.com. Okay. Which, again, was kind of obvious, I suppose. You know, I, no, not necessarily. Certainly the orange line part was, here I am. <laughs> Jim, let me this ask is, you. you know, let, let me ask you I'm something. in the brewery in 1984. 1984. Let me ask you something that I've always wanted to ask you. Uh, why the name Samuel Adams? That's a great question. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. When I started uh, Sam Adams, I wanted to start a revolution. And, you know, Boston is a, a town of revolutions. We've, we've created a lot of them, starting with uh, the revolution uh, for American independence, that was led by Samuel Adams. He was a brewer, a failed brewer, and a patriot, and a revolutionary. And I wanted Samuel Adams, the beer, to create a beer revolution in America, a craft beer revolution, just like Samuel Adams, the patriot, had created a political revolution. Okay. Very good. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, All right. Uh, it's a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, everybody should give a taste to the uh, remaster and uh, enjoy all the various varieties that are available. I'm sure we'll talk again, and congratulations to you. Well, thank you very much. It's great having a beer with you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Jim. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful. I'll be back again on Monday with a brand new show. I hope you join me then. But until that time arrives, I wish you peace. Peace.